0: Welcome back to Grid, Iron, Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. Yes, the Las Vegas Super Contest is over, and we did not cash, but we can still come to you weekly and give you bad playoff picks. (laughs) Last week... Donnie led the way at two and two, two and two, and the rest of us went one and three—a an abysmal Sunday for the collective. We were consensus picks on both the Chiefs and the Cowboys to no avail. Uh, you guys had the Chiefs as your most popular pick. I had the Cowboys. So bloody bloody Sunday. <laughs> For the collective. Uh, well, to be fair, I thought the Chiefs were going to show up. Yeah, Mo, I wanted to check in with you first. Uh, obviously, Donnie still has his team in the playoffs because the Patriots just go deep every year. Uh, but you were the last collective member with a team in the hunt. Where you at, buddy? How are we feeling on this
1: Friday morning? That was the most infuriated I've ever been after a loss in recent Uh, memory of any sort of like uh, watching any sport uh just because of the way it happened like if the Steelers just came out and were just way better than the Chiefs and just shit on them I would have just shrugged and said okay the Steelers were way better what are you gonna do but uh it was an eminently winnable game and the Chiefs just played as bad as possible basically uh just nobody on offense showed up and uh The defense just got absolutely mauled up front. Yeah, between the 20s, the Chiefs defense
0: got destroyed. And then all of a sudden, whenever the Steelers neared the red zone, they tightened up, they played great, and then it was the Chris Boswell show. The one thing that's bothering me this week is the Alex Smith talk, because... I don't think he played that poorly
1: the one th- no, Alex Smith played pretty good. He was the only player who actually played good on offense. uh he tried he did what he could. I mean, he can only get the ball two players and I mean he's just out there you know through a few strikes and just nobody bothered to catch him. so I mean what are you gonna do? His stats looked as bad as possible. It was pretty funny, but right. Like only, anybody who actually watched that game would know that he actually played pretty good.
0: The only throw that I can ding him for was the
1: Conley throw. Just getting a guy killed—that was pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, he, he needed to underthrow that way way more. <laughs> but I mean, most of his throws were pretty on target. But I could not—that was like the most drops I've maybe ever seen, and especially in a playoff game, that was so bad.
0: And then somebody let Conley back onto the field somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that was allowed Men was dead on the ground And then all of a sudden back in the game uh, Donnie no sweats on Saturday Not were, Was there ever a point Where you were worried In the Patriots game
2: yeah, well, shut up when else yes, um,
3: there, yes there was there yes. had to have been
2: a moment when it was 14 13 you're we like eh. i mean what what, what else on no I, I i there was was a moment it, it didn't it didn't get to the point when i started to say to myself you know they're gonna lose this game it got it got to the point where you know there were ways throughout the week that i thought about how they could lose the game every time i started to try and play out these scenarios in my head I would just always be like, yeah, there's just no way. Right. So, but on Saturday, you know, it gets to be 14, 13. And now I'm like, okay, wait, this could actually happen. If, if, you know, this goes a couple more ways this way, or the Patriots fumble the ball a couple more times, you know, that sort of thing. So, so, yeah, if, you know, I, I kind of felt to myself going into halftime. As long as they can go into halftime with the lead, I'm very confident uh, in Bill Belichick's ability to get his team in order and make halftime adjustments and then come out flying in the second half. I don't I don't think they came out flying in the second half, but I think they came out better than they did in the first half and they were able to close out the game. I mean, but honestly, if they play any sort of team with a clue, they probably lose that game because Brock Osweiler is an absolute joke of
0: quarterback. I was gonna say if if Brock Lobster had any semblance of a pulse, then maybe <laughs> And the thing is, is like
2: in the last what two two playoff games for the Texans, Brock Oslo has played good, but like his good is still so bad. Right? It's just he the guy he doesn't belong in the league, man, let alone a seventy-two million dollar contract.
0: Yeah. Bill Obama there's two coaches I would have fired on the spot last week. One is Bill O'Brien just get out of here? You met this guy for ten seconds and gave him seventy million dollars. Like, just get away from my franchise. And then, yeah, but
2: do we know it was Bill O'Brien, or I, do we think it was the GM?
0: I mean, he was a former quarterbacks coach. That's kind of his forte. I would, I would really hope that Bill O'Brien was a part of the process. And didn't they fire their offensive coordinator? That I don't know off the top of my.
2: Head. I'm pretty sure they fired their offensive coordinator this week following the game. <laughs> How do you feel if you're that guy? I mean, you're either super happy that you don't got to work with that idiot Brock Osweiler anymore, or your job just got screwed because you have an idiot quarterback that can't get his crap together, and the owners have so much money invested in him that they have to stick with that guy over you.
0: Right, they have to make the money decision. Uh, The other coach that I would have fired on the spot is Jason Garrett. I mean, what a terrible job, Mr. Garrett. The the Cowboys could not have been more poorly coached in-game during that. I, I mean, let's start... With, Both coaches were terrible in that game. Well, McCarthy is is terrible. That's <laughs> he's just hiding behind goat. But first drive of the game, third and twelve, deep in Packers territory, and the Cowboys' play selection goes pass, field goal. And if you run twice there, you're getting third and a, two. Yeah, third and two. You're getting a first down ninety <laughs> like percent of the time. If you if somehow you don't convert in the unlikely scenario you don't convert on third down. You're converting on fourth down when you run with that offensive line and Zeke, and they got to punch it in. They got to score a touchdown there and set the tone, but they don't. They start their field goal brigade, uh, which the goat does not. He goes out and he scores touchdowns on three consecutive drives, and that's the ball game. And then there's the spike in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was it was all just an atrocious performance uh, by the Cowboys coaching staff. Um, Dak played his ass off though. Kudos to that kid. But it is championship weekend, and a good one at that. We put a a poll out there on Twitter asking our fans who they would like to see in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to go around the horn and ask you guys what your favorite uh, Super Bowl matchup would be out of the four possibilities. But our fans have spoken, and 49% of them want to see Patriots versus Packers. And I'll go in order of finish uh from the season. Mo, what Super Bowl matchup do you want to see?
1: I want to see anything involving Aaron Rodgers, partly because <laughs> that would be profitable for me, and partly because I just like to watch Aaron Rodgers. Donnie.
3: Packers Patriots, baby. Brett. Yeah, obviously Packers-Patriots. Just because I want to see you and Donnie argue about Brady versus Rodgers for the next two weeks.
0: Uh, I mean, that, that's going to be so that's stupid. That's why I
3: want it to happen. I mean, <laughs> I because mean, I want
2: I want the chance for Tom Brady to be able to beat Aaron Rodgers on the field. I, we, we need that. It, and and I think that as football fans, and it's not just the four of us, it's the entire f- fandom You know, uh, around the world, needs to see Rodgers-Brady in our lifetimes. That's the best game out there. I also think coming from a personal standpoint that the Packers are actually, um, like the worst constructed team outside of Aaron Rodgers. They just have Aaron Rodgers standing on his head every day. Um, but you know,
0: we'll get to that when it happens. Yeah. I was gonna, I mean, Rogers versus Brady, what a terrible collision of both hashtag QB wins and hashtag small sample size. Like as if both of their careers are going to be determined by the outcome of one game is asinine. Uh, I kind of want to see Steelers Falcons, you guys. <laughs> I think that you're be... joking. No, what? I think Who are... you are a fucking Jets fan. This is
2: like unbelievable.
0: I mean, obviously, I want the goat to win a Super Bowl because it'll it'll stupidly give me ammunition for my argument because people really take those things into account. But I don't think there's a single thing Rogers can do in these playoffs to further make him the goat. I mean, it's clear as day that he's the greatest human that's ever thrown a pigskin. Uh, but I guess if he wins two more consecutive games, people will think better of him because that's how people think. But I, I just think from a, from a point standpoint, and just I don't know who gets stops, I think Steelers-Falcons on in a dome would be about as fun as it gets. Because the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots suck. And the like Donnie said, the Packers are extremely flawed. So I think that could be more of a sloppy game, as whereas Steelers-Falcons, I don't know who the hell gets a stop in that game.
3: The Patriots suck.
0: Did you see what if they the just Steelers, did? In the... If
2: the Steelers played the Falcons, the Steelers are going to break every single Falcon in half. That stupid, pathetic dome team is not going to go anywhere. Did
0: you Did you see the Patriots in the first half against the Texans? Yeah, That's a... I also watched the second half. Bad team, bad team. All right, let's get to it's... let's get to Sunday. First game is the NFC Championship game, with the Green Bay Packers travel to Atlanta. Where the Falcons are minus five favorites, and the public is all over Green Bay at a 64% clip. And we got a lone wolf in this game. Donnie DP Peters, despite slobbering all over TB twelve, is the only one on the real twelve, and that is Aaron Rodgers. DP, you just I thought you were on the Falcons train, buddy. Tell me, tell me why you think the Packers covering the spot.
2: Uh, you know, so I think, first of all, I think five points is, is just too much here. I, I, you know, I, I, respect playoff football, especially when it gets to, to be this point in the playoffs, you know, the two championship games. And I think that most of these games in this case are, are pretty close. I mean, teams got here for a reason. I, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our Skype chat, or I brought it up earlier in the week is that, you know, dome teams are, they're kind of fraud teams. I mean, they're not really battle-tested, if that's what you want to call it. You know, they don't got to battle through the elements, play in harder games, that sort of thing. And the Packers have had a tough road to get here, um, but I think that that serves them well. Uh, And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is is just playing out of his mind. I'm not saying, you know, the Falcons aren't going to win the game. I just think it's going to be a bit closer than five points. Um, I don't know what the score is going to be. It might be 100 to 97 uh, in this one because it's just going to be an absolute shit show. I don't think these defenses are going to stop anyone. And then there's a little bit of uh Matt Ryan just uh you know, crapping himself when it gets to be uh this this point in the playoffs. Um you know, and also uh, I'm doing something that I probably shouldn't do and that I don't normally do or I don't think that I normally do, but uh I'm betting a little bit with my heart here because I want to see Rodgers Brady. So that's what I'm going with here.
0: All right.
2: He has so much heart, DP. So much, so much heart. heart. I don't know about that. Like, he has heart, but... He has competitive heart, but he doesn't have, like, a heart, like, you know, talk to your family heart.
1: <laughs> well played. Are we bringing back the heart power rankings? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think revisiting them might not
0: be a bad idea. Uh, so, all three of us, Mo, Brett, and myself, are on the Falcons, and I'm going to let Brett... Go first and tell us why he's laying the wood with Atlanta.
3: Yeah, here I am fading Aaron Rodgers again like an idiot. I, I just I don't see how the Packers can stop this Falcons offense on a fast track. Atlanta led the NFL this year in 20-plus yard plays, and Green Bay allowed the second most. So preventing big plays could be a huge problem for Green Bay on Sunday. And we know Matt Ryan, countless weapons. He's proved that over and over again he can find five, six, seven guys – Uh, during games and the first team the first time these two teams met they i mean the packers took away julio jones they played two men on him to take him out of the game and the falcons just exposed them everywhere everywhere else Uh, jones had 29 yards in that game ryan still threw for 288 and three touchdowns he scored 33 points in the win and if don cape dom capers uses that same strategy this week you can look for big games out of guys like sanu freeman kevin coleman they got so many playmakers and the Packers just don't have the talent to slow them down. And on the other side, I'm really interested to see what the Falcons do against Aaron Rodgers. Cause the last time they played, they employed a three man rush a lot and then use Vic Beasley as a spy on Rodgers. And I like that because Rodgers does most of his damage when he's outside of the pocket. If they can counter his mobility, I think they can keep him off the field and just run away with this thing. I think it's going to be close, but I still see uh, the Falcons winning by a touchdown here.
0: Mo, you're up. Fading the goat again. Three, I like Brett, three straight weeks.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just not very smart. Man, one guy I would not want to have spying on me is Vic Beasley. Uh, that would not be fun. Getting tackled by him every play. Uh, as far as this one goes I initially when I looked at it I I really wanted to love the Packers um part part of it is just I'm a human and when Rodgers keeps going out there and torching the other team and I keep losing bets I just want to be on the other side I'm tired of losing money to Rodgers but man the big thing here is uh just looking at this injury report yesterday. Um, I just have no idea who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. Obviously, Jordy's out. Um, oh, actually, it said he actually was a limited participant. Well, that would, that would be something if Jordy played. But I was looking at uh, Devontae is questionable, has not practiced. Geronimo Allison is uh, questionable, has not practiced. So, I just, man, without any healthy weapons, it seems like the Green Bay receivers are all going to be, aside from Randall Cobb and Jared Cook, are all going to be hobbled at best. And you can't be hobbled if you're trying to keep up with one of the best offenses in recent memory. So, I just, like Brett said, I, I don't know how they can keep up with this Falcons offense just because if you're not at 100%, I just don't think you can score with these guys. I have been low on the Falcons all year and this offense is really as, as good as we've seen in recent memory. Like Brett said, just so many weapons. It's unreal how good their running backs are and their O-line just plays great every week. I mean, the only spot where they're not significantly above average seems to be tight end. So I think that they're just going to be a little too unstoppable on offense here. And I'm with Brett. Uh, Falcons by a touchdown.
0: Forgot to mention, total opened at 61. It is now settled at 60. Last time these two teams met, there were 65 points scored in the game. In that game, no Randall Cobb for the Packers. It was kind of Geronimo Allison's coming out party. Uh, two catch-ups for 21 in a touchdown. Jordy also had four for 94 and a touch. I just think that I don't, I don't see many scenarios where Green Bay goes out and, and covers. A, a shootout, I think, really favors Atlanta for that reason that Moe was talking about. I just don't... I, outside of Rodgers putting together another godly performance, which is certainly within the sample of outcomes, I don't see the Packers being able to keep pace and have the type of offensive output that Atlanta has on a consistent basis... And then, in the scenarios where it is kind of a low-scoring game, I just I can't bring myself to think that this Packers defense has it in them to keep keep the Falcons to a low score. I, I don't I don't see how they would do it with the uh, twenty-second pass defense DVOA. So, just from an overall team perspective, the Falcons seem to be light years better than Green Bay. Uh, outside of one position, and that's the quarterback position. So I, I think Atlanta has a good chance of rolling here, and I think more times than not, obviously, covers this spread. A lot of people talking about Rodgers in a dome this week, so I went back and I looked at uh their against-the-spread metrics against uh, in-domes and in retractable roofs, because pro football reference uh, separates the two. Uh, in stadiums with a retractable roof, the Packers, during the Rodgers era, including the playoffs, are 5-1 and one against the spread. But in true domes, true domes, the Packers are 3-6 and six against the spread. And Rodgers has only won one out of nine games in a true dome. It was a 48-21 victory over the Falcons, that very memorable playoff game in 2011. That's his only win. In a true dome, which is kind of bizarre. So in both domes and retractable roofs, he is 8 and 7 against the spread the Packers are. So while the conditions might be perfect and offense might be a plenty, I don't think that favors Green Bay too much. And I think the Ca- the Falcons get a cover and head over to Super Bowl 51. DP, do you want to rebut any of the things that we've said? Since you are the lone wolf, I'll give you the floor once again to close it out if you want.
2: Nope. You guys are betting against the guy you tell me is the greatest quarterback of all time. Have fun with that. QB wins, bro. QB wins, bro. <laughs> all right, let's move if, to the night if game. Rogers then.
1: Can, if Rodgers can do this, uh, I mean, if he makes this run, then it's just everyone just has to shut up. I mean, <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, he's already go, but there's just nothing you can say if he just keeps going on the road and beating teams that were much better in the regular season. I mean, where where do the Packers have an advantage against the Falcons besides that quarterback? I mean, the Falcons just have better players like almost everywhere. Yeah,
0: at every position. Maybe like wide receiver too. But even Sanu has been balling out. Tight end, Kicker? probably. Kicker. Well, Matt Bryant. Yeah, He's pretty good too. He's got no distance. I don't know if he could have knocked in either of those Long field goals against the Cowboys. But he's pretty damn accurate. Let's move to the night game. Pittsburgh at New England. The Patriots are six-point favorites. The total is 50 and a half. And according to thespread.com, 57% of the public are on New England. And this is another lone wolf scenario where Brett is the only person... Laying the six points with New England, so you get to lead things off, Bert Minotti. Tell us why TV twelve.
3: I'm I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised here. Is Look, playing at home gives the Pat's such an advantage. 30, 33 and four at Gillette over the last four seasons, covering seventy four percent of the time. Brady four and zero against the Steelers at Gillette in his career. He's two zero against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. All the trends favoring New England here in Pittsburgh, as we say. Seemingly every week, they're just not the same team away from home. I mean, Big Ben's home road splits, pretty staggering. Just this year, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions away from Heinz, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions at home. Uh, he's just a different quarterback when he's not in Pittsburgh. And while this Pats defense is extremely overhyped with that number one scoring defense, I, I think they're going to be able to limit the Steelers to under 20 points in this game. They've Pittsburgh has not been good in the red zone, not just last week, all year, they're not in the top half of the NFL in scoring inside the 20. And you can't beat this Pats team with field goals, uh, which somehow the Steelers won last week with six field goals. That's not going to happen again. And going beyond beyond that, you've got reports that the flu is making its way through the Steelers organization. I don't know if that's going to be a thing could certainly have an impact on this game. So yeah, I like the Pats to win here. I think this could be a blunt game. It certainly was the first time these Two teams met. I know that's certainly different circumstances in that game with uh, Roethlisberger not playing, but uh, I-, I think the Pats win here by more than touchdown.
0: I'm going to start with DP, who's picking against his own squad here.
2: Is this, the points is what I'm picking? Is, just so everyone's aware,
0: is this, out there is this an emo- okay. is this an emotional hedge? What's going on here, DP? It's not even a lot of
2: points. No, it's six points. Come on, this game's going to be a field goal, like 23-20, 24-21, something like that. This is the Steelers, Patriots, you know, very tough storied franchises that are going to just lock heads, you know, in AFC Championship Sunday, and they're, it's going to be a close game. I mean, I see this one coming down to the last one or two drives uh, between Brady and Roethlisberger, and, you know, whoever can put together that that game-winning drive for a score is is going to take the game, and it's going to be within six points. I mean, that's just this, this is how I see it's happening. And, you know, I'm going to do some, I'm gonna do some uh, stat dropping right now. And, uh, you know, Rich, you can go ahead and uh, use this as, as you will uh, going forward. I'm I pretty mean, sure
0: I mean, will hear about this. I mean, get out of here with storied franchises going at it. Like, would you just sh- shut up and hold on? What, what does that have to do with this that. game? What? What does that have to do
2: with this game? Just oh just stop, okay? I'm I let me just go into I'm just stop ripping on me cuz I'm about to I'm about to help you out here and give you some good information, okay? And you're going to like it. You might want to take your pants off cuz this is probably going to excite you way too much. So, Tom Brady in his last 6 playoff games, okay, has 8 interceptions. That's more than 1 per game. In his last 20 playoff games, Tom Brady's thrown 25 interceptions. In his last 22 playoff games, he's thrown 27 interceptions. Now, if you guys can't do the math, that's almost 1.25 picks per game for Tom. Best of all time, Brady. I still believe he's the best of all time, but those are the numbers, all right? And uh, if you want to look up who's thrown the most interceptions in uh, postseason history, it's Brett Favre and one other person. They're tied with 30. That one other person... Is Tom Brady okay? Brady's going to throw a pick in this game. I think that that's going to happen. Uh, that's just kind of what he does in playoff football. Um, and and I like the game to stay close. I think that turnover is going to lead to some points for the Steelers. Uh, their offense is is very very high powered. You know, I've been trying to think about how the Patriots are going to be able to stop both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown uh, all week long. I think they, uh, I th- I think they, you know, they key in on Bell. You know, they don't want to let him. Uh, break a big game running, but also be able to control the clock to keep the Patriots' offense off the field. And, you know, they challenge Big Ben, who, uh, you know, struggles on the road, like Brett said. Uh, you know, they challenge him to beat them uh, through the air. So, But I, I like a close game, man. Come on, 23-21, 24-21, something like that. Let's go. Mo,
1: you're up, kiddo. Um, Yeah, I, d- I didn't like how the Patriots looked last week and I just don't like how they've looked overall um in recent weeks I think that some of the scores have been a little bit misleading like there's no way they were that much better than Houston to where they should have covered that um that Miami game that ridiculous fumble by um a, a running back who caught a pass and they house it for 90 yards I mean I just don't think the Steelers or the Patriots are going to be able to do what the Chiefs did last week and and really contain Pittsburgh's passing game. Uh the Chiefs secondary played really well, but what was looked really was amazing to me was how how well the Steelers played up front. I mean, they just killed the Chiefs and you know, the Chiefs haven't had a great run defense all year, but what they did to the Chiefs was pretty astonishing. Uh, And if Roethlisberger has that much time, like he did against the Chiefs, who have a good pass rush, if he has that much time in the pocket against the Patriots, who have not had a good pass defense, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Pitt from scoring. And, you know, one thing that would potentially help the Pats here is maybe some shitty weather, but it looks like it's going to be a clear day and... Like forty degrees in the um, in the forecast, so uh, conditions look pretty clear for the Patriots or the the Steelers, rather, to air it out here. And their defense was statistically a good amount better than the Pats this year. Quietly, they had one of the better defenses out there. Actually, they were like twelfth or something. So, I I think that Pitt has. The better defense and the scarier weapons on offense. So, um, decent chance they win this outright. And uh, I definitely like the plus six quite a bit.
0: Yeah, 11th in defense DVOA for the Steelers. 12th against the pass, 11th against the run. We talked about it in the previous game about the Falcons being better at everything but one position than the Packers. I'm struggling to see what the Patriots do better than the Steelers. Special teams?
3: Maybe. Stop they stop the run.
0: Mm, okay, against they stop the run against teams that are always trailing, so they really don't have a chance to run. Right? Like when were the Patriots Yeah, but
1: that's at- factored into those metrics, I think.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Also the Steelers
1: uh well, and this is another one of those spots where uh, like you look at what the what the Patriots do well on defense, which is typically like Bill Belichick is always like famed for taking away your best option. but I mean, Pitt has so much other stuff they can do that I don't think that that's uh, as detrimental for Pittsburgh like, if he does bracket Antonio, I mean, there should be room for Le'Veon to kill them out of the backfield and stuff like that, you know. Uh, I just, uh, I think the Patriots are going to be in for a real tough one here. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if Pitt won this outright at all.
0: Yeah, and when you take away, if if you're taking away the best option, quote unquote, right now, wouldn't that be Bell? Wouldn't that be what you're trying to do, as Donnie alluded to? And if that is what you're trying to do, I mean, Todd Haley has shown that he can put Bell anywhere. So, yeah, you can scheme to stop Bell out of the backfield, or you can scheme to stop him out of the slot. But like, when do you know where he's going to line up? W- what do you know he's going to do when he's lined up in that spot? He can always motion out from shotgun to the slot. He can always motion back in from slot to into the backfield, like he's such a versatile player that you can game plan as much as possible for him. But if you put a backer on him, you're in trouble. If you put a slot corner on him, you're in trouble. And he's just he's just that that good. And kudos to the uh, the Steelers O line as well. Uh, Bell has gotten a lot of credit, and deservedly so, about his patient running style. But a lot of offensive lines would not allow their back to kind of just stop. While looking for a hole like that, and then decide where to go, and I know you know Bell deserves a lot, heaps of praise for what he's doing, but you know you need five guys in front of you that are creating opportunities to hit those holes, and uh, I, like for example the the Jets O line, uh, you could not jump stop behind that this year and then decide which hole to hit; Just like you would have gotten swallowed whole. So yeah,
1: they've been outstanding recently.
0: I I also agree that I think the Steelers can win this game outright. I I, I I'm honestly struggling. Like, why are the Patriots six point three points better? We're giving them the three points for home field. Like, why are they
1: three points better than the because Steelers? Because
3: it's Belichick against Tomlin.
1: Yeah, that's what worries me for sure. I mean, that that's the biggest thing that worries me is the coaching matchup. I mean, I don't think any of us are impressed by Mike Tomlin, um, and we all know Belichick goat. So. You didn't come on, man. You didn't see that Facebook live.
0: I did not. (laughs) What does that have anything to do with this? (laughs) I was just saying, you're not hype. You're not hype after that, Thomas. What (laughs) the hype that Antonio Brown is an idiot? Hey, man, if I got paid 50k, 500k, I would live stream anything. I mean, yeah, but you don't need to look like an idiot. I mean. I would do a lot of dumb things and look like an idiot for half a million. Well, whatever. <laughs> do we have any leans here on these two games? Uh, any parlays, any teasers? Mo, what's your strongest lean between the two?
1: Steelers. Much, much stronger feeling on the Steelers for me this week. What about you? Although, I don't know. I guess it depends like on who plays... For the pack, I mean, if everybody it plays, I mean, I guess I don't know, but it's it's just hard to know how healthy they are because it's just one of those spots where that they're gonna force themselves, so you just don't know even if they say they're gonna play, like, are they sixty-five percent? I mean, they could totally just. 65% and going out there, you know, it's, it's the conference championship. Yeah. It's one of those,
0: you go out, you play, you run one route, you get hurt and you walk off with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, DP, your strongest lean this weekend.
2: I I actually like them both the the equally. Sorry. I'm not going to be able to pick a side here. I'm not, I'm not super confident in both of them. um, But I'm like, you know, if these were ranked, I don't know, scale one to 10, seven and a half, seven, seven and a half, something like that. So I think I would lean, if I had to, more towards the Packers. Um, just because I don't, I don't know. If, I, if, I feel like the Falcons are just going to, they're going to drop off at some point. I mean, they've been playing really well. That offense has been an absolute juggernaut. But I just, I don't know. Every time, as much as I, I and I, and I've said that I'm on the Falcons bandwagon and I, I mean, I am, but I I feel like I still have one foot off, ready to just jump, you know, when, when, you know, shit starts going rough. Because I feel like that's Atlanta sports teams in a nutshell is, you know, they kind of just fade away at some point. They can't put it together for an entire season. Who knows? We'll see. Um, And then you got the whole thing with just Aaron Rodgers playing like, you know, almighty out there. So I like that. Rule number one in roulette is never bet against a streak, and Aaron Rodgers is streaking, guys. It's a good thing this is roulette. It is roulette. (laughs) Always roulette. Life is roulette.
3: Brett, strongest lean? I don't really have a strong lean on the side. I think I like the Falcons more than the Patriots. What I do like is the under in the Patriots-Steelers game, 50 and a half. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to score a lot of points, something like 20... I don't know, 27-13, 23-13, something like that. So that's, if I were going to bet bet on something this week, it would be the under in that game.
0: And my strongest lean is Falcons' money line. Just lay the 215. Lay that. That's a nice little. Don't worry about the five, because Aaron Rodgers can backdoor at any time. I'm also interested in that total, 60. <laughs> largest postseason total of all time you got to be betting under right we have to be firing under i don't know (laughs) just under under for me yeah just under and just hold you have to bet under but and just hold you don't want to hold somebody and hold somebody for 60 minutes yeah
3: (laughs) that's really all you can do in that scenario I mean, I mean, it's going to
1: be the sickest sweat of the year.
3: Yeah, <laughs> the Falcons could just score 50 by themselves. <laughs> like, that's that's worries me about the under that game.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: 60.
2: It'll probably get higher, too, closer to game time.
1: Do we have... I, I just saw it's the highest total in NFL history in a playoff game. Yeah,
0: welcome to the podcast. Said that like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, where, where the hell have you been? <laughs> That's right, I did the last one. <laughs> Brett's was really good.
2: Yeah, the disciple. <laughs>
0: yeah, there it is. I got a text yesterday with from a fellow d with some look-ahead lines. I don't know how confirmed these are, but I'm going to give them to you guys. And I want you guys to tell me which line interests you the most from a betting perspective. Like, which line, if it opened like this, you would fire... And you would take one side. And why? Uh, This is from Todd Furman. Uh, Steelers would be minus one against the Falcons. Steelers Packers would be a pick. And the Pats would be minus three and a half against either the Falcons or the Packers. Uh, Why are the Steelers valued so highly? Uh, Me personally, I would fire the NFC in all those matchups.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on the Falcons plus against whoever.
0: Yeah, I know. I know Donnie's laying the three and a half against the Falcons and probably against the Packers as well.
2: Um, I mean, I'm in a really good spot, so I I don't I'd have to see what the numbers were because I have I have Super Bowl futures on the Falcons, Packers, and Steelers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm feeling good about myself right now. How
0: do you not one? How do you not have one on your own team? Because the odds are so stupid, yeah, but weren't they insanely high to, with the whole deflate gate thing?: No, I, I
2: took these like towards the you know, know, half in the later half. the odds season. were
1: stupid all year. You could <laughs> never bet the Patriots, like you just could never physically bet the Patriots if you had a brain. I mean, they were like plus like 2:35 late in the season or something, or when the playoffs started. I don't know, it was stupid.
3: What numbers do you have on those three teams?
1: Donnie, um,
2: I think I have eight to one on the Steelers. I have twelve to one on the Packers and ten to one on the Falcons. I think that's that's sexy. I bet the Steelers later, but
0: yeah, than the other two. But yeah, Mo and I will have our pod futures in the Super Bowl. At least one of us, either Falcons or Packers.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I didn't get eleven to one on the pack because I I didn't have any of that uh, anything any outs I had available, but I, I did get like nine and a half to one. So uh, still happy with that, and still getting a decent sweat on the pack at this point. I did not bet real American
0: dollars on the Falcons at nine to one, but I'm kicking myself for not doing so. I really feel like they are. The Warriors of a couple of years ago, where the narrative is they always choke, or uh, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, which is silly because you can't see it until it's over. So there's no predictive quality to that type of thinking. They're well, often. When
1: people just don't believe in these like all offense teams winning Super Bowls, really. I mean. But there isn't a defense with a pulse left. Right. <laughs> you know? And this offense, people just don't realize that. This wasn't just a really good offense. I mean, they were one of the best offenses in recent memory this year. I mean, they went out there against some of the best defenses and absolutely just balled out. Looked really good against Denver, who has one of the best pass defenses in NFL history. Shredded the Seahawks, who were actually healthy at that time. Both those games were on the road. Both those games were on the road. Yeah, these guys are really good. Like, really, really good. Like... The numbers they put up were just sick this year. So
0: let's recap.
1: First game on
0: Sunday, Packers at Falcons. We've got a lone wolf in that game. Donnie is taking the five points with the greatest quarterback ever to grace God's green earth. And Brett, Moe, and I... I'm
2: not taking the greatest
0: quarterback, but go ahead. Brett, Moe, and I are laying the five points with the Falcons in the nightcap, the AFC championship game Brett is the only one who is laying the six points with the New England Patriots while Donnie Moe and myself are taking the six points with the Pittsburgh Steelers and that is the conference championship podcast we, we will be back the week before the week of the Super Bowl so we'll take next week off and we'll come back with props obviously the game itself and we will give our raffle contestants finally some winners. So, you guys got two more shots, I guess one shot uh, this week to get it a raffle ticket. You can do so by tweeting at Gridiron Gamble or emailing Gridiron Gamble podcast at gmail.com. Follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters at Brett Colson, C O L L L son and at monuwara n u w w a r a h best of luck in your betting ventures peace out